This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Episode 20, Finchie. Yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? When you I know. It. I mean, it feels like we've been doing it for, like, I've been putting up with you for longer than 20 episodes. But... <laughs> it's funny because a few of my mates said to me, I can't believe, I thought this would be a couple of weeks, you'd get fed up and then that'd be it. Uh, it actually is quite good. And I was like, oh, that's a compliment. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you take that as a compliment, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, Everything seems positive at the moment, Jay. Like the pubs are open, the sun is shining, yeah. and uh, we're winning football games and quite convincingly winning. I know. If I've, if I, don't, I, mean, I don't really know what to say. Normally, it's like the Wombles had a moan podcast, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's crazy. I mean, I suppose we should start with Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, Atkinson's good. Fifteen minutes was poor. I thought, I thought, oh, here we go again. This is going to be absolutely terrible. This is shit. I'm going to be cursing players, cursing Robbo. Uh, and then I don't know where it came from, but out of nowhere, we literally turned into Brazil. Uh, every single goal was different. Uh, the best goal for me was Assal's header because it was such a great cross from Palmer. And then to loop that header over, I don't know if he meant it. I'm guessing he'll probably say he did. Uh, but yeah, Palmer, it should be Assal crossing to Palmer, but it's just brilliant. It was just... Such a, and especially against Accrington, who are a bit of a bogey team. I know we beat them in the playoff final, but I don't think we've been up there and done well previously. And yeah, it was, it was just brilliant to watch, wasn't it? Really, oh, I mean, I, I'm sure it was brilliant to watch. I mean, I, <laughs> I missed the games over Easter Bank holiday, uh, and then obviously we didn't do very well. And I thought I'll be damned if I'm going to pay 10 quid to watch Slews to Accrington. Uh, and there we go, it is what it is. I've watched the highlights, That's... the goal, I mean, the goals look great. Um, you know, I'd seen you know I'd seen we'd gone one nil down after four minutes and kind of just put my phone down. Next thing I know, we were three one up. Um, so did, you watched the game on against Ipswich, didn't you? Because obviously, like glory hunting fans like yourself, who I'm not paying ten pounds to watch this <laughs> dross because we because we lost a couple of games. Where diehard fans like myself who have been up and down the country from CCL to Premier League watch really bad teams play. Pay ten I was, I was there. I was there at the CCL CCL days, mate. Don't 
But you wouldn't pay ten pounds to see us beat Akron. The amount of times I've paid ten pounds and like (laughs) gone, why on earth have I done that? How many times have I been to Carlisle and thought, what the hell am I doing in Carlisle? But Uh, we still do it, and you should be doing it. And I think any fans who are listening, any players, or hopefully Robbo are listening, he'll be disappointed in you. I'm sorry, Robbo. I hope you can forgive me. Uh, but yes, I did watch the Ipswich game. I did yeah. watch the Ipswich game. Um, I think, you know, we, we were calling for two up front for some quite a while. So I, I think we'll be happy to take credit for our change in fortunes. I think Robbo's listened to us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think Palmer brings that little bit different up front. I think he's been great since he's come into the side starting. Um, Woodyard and Dobson seem to have a real partnership going. Um I know you're not the biggest fan of Woodjar because, you know, he likes his bank holidays off and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I think he's a bit of a bullman in terms of you don't quite know what he gives to the team until he's missing. You know what I mean? Someone I spoke to the other day said Woodyard is a player that you have to uh, appreciate live. So he'll make a tackle and everyone will go mad kind of thing. And that's the tackle that gets you back. Watching it on TV where you don't really see what he's doing off the ball. Don't really see the dirty work. You know, that's the problem with watching it live. You watch the one camera where, when you're, uh, sorry, when you're on TV watching it, you, you, this the one camera that will follow the ball. Where if you're live watching it at the stadium, you'll see him niggling players. You'll see him winding up players. You'll see things that we don't often see when we're watching it on TV and you think, actually, yeah, I love that. And I think that's probably what Woodyard needs. I think Woodyard needs fans back and we might see a different Woodyard. But I just think we've stumbled on a formation I think it's when Glynn stumbled on 3-5-2 and everyone started winning games and everyone was positive. I think, I think we stumbled on a formation that really works for us. Asal's now got himself in the team just behind Palmer and Pig and it works. We're not going long all the time, which was Robbo's fear that we might go long. But we are mixing it up. We can go long if we need. We can go through Asal. We can go through Rudy. We try to get the ball back. Even Dobson. Dobson's a player. What Dobson, a player Dobson is. I mean, I, I, you know, I think we'll struggle to get him back permanently. You know, being know. A, being a realist, I think we'll struggle to get him back permanently, especially if Sunderland have got people watching him and he's putting in performances like he has been. Um, I think you know, obviously, might... obviously, I would love to get him permanently, but who knows? Who knows? My, my only issue with Dobson and permanently is if he's under contract at Sunderland, so that means they're going to want a, f- a fee. Uh, they might cancel his contract. They might pay him out. It depends. But if people are watching Dobson now around mid-table, stuff like that, Charlton's could be looking at him, someone like that. They always nick our players that perform for us. Yeah, I, I can't see us signing him as much as I would love it. Uh, I, Charlie Talbot put on Twitter the other day how shit he is, really. He's really yeah. shit. Sunderland, if you're that. watching, he's really bad. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully they'll fall for that. I doubt they will. But yeah, if we could sign him permanently, he'd be the one permanent signer I'll take because... Him and Woodyard are working really well. And he's pop, he popped up with a goal. And, uh, yeah, he just he's everywhere. And he, the funniest thing I love about Dobson is if you watch him, he shouldn't be a footballer. Yeah. The way he runs just freaks me out. He yeah. runs really weak. Do you get what I mean? His arms are up. Yeah. And he, he, he runs, like, so stiff. Uh, and you think he ain't going to be a footballer. And then he's just he's just really good. Really good footballer. But, yeah, he's like running. You say, like you say he's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. And I, and I just want to say that... Ayuba Sal is just a breath of fresh air, if I'm honest with you. Like the, was it Rudy's goal, the second goal against Ipswich? You know, that ball got played down the channel and the amount of Wimbledon players over the past few years that would have just given up 
but he was right on there. He was ha- he was hounding him. He was hassling him, and he managed to get the ball there. He was strong considering he's not the biggest fella. Lays it off to Luke O'Neill, puts the ball in, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, when we spoke to Robbo, he had great things to say about about Asal, and you know, he's kind of he's kind of proving Robbo right in terms of he's he's now, you know, probably going to be one of the first team names on the team sheet. Yeah, and what I love about him is he's fearless. Like you said, he stopped that ball from going out for a throw and he, he stopped it run down the wing. He he takes players on. I, against Ipswich, had a massive centre-half and he was trying to push him off the ball because he's small, couldn't do it. He, he takes people on when he needs to. He passes it when he needs to. He shoots when he needs to. He's just fearless. And that's what Wimbledon's always been about. And as much as Robbo will take plaudits and stuff for putting him in, but he has to take plaudits for stepping up. And, going, and I think he's pulled other players through now as well. So other players have looked at him and thought, like, let's play like... And Robbo's probably getting that in training and that's what he wants. But having someone like Arcel that you've trained from the age of 12 and saying, this is what I want. This is the kid. This is what you need to be like. And you watch, again, if you look at Ipswich and watch the whole game again, there's pressing. Palmer is running his bollocks off to go get balls that he would normally have just stopped at six months ago. It's, uh, it's that whole thing about Piggott and Palmer. You know, Palmer's now doing all the donkey work that Pig wasn't interested in. And he, he was doing it, but kind of half arsedly. And, you know, it's half arsedly. What does that was? <laughs> I, got, I got mixed <laughs> sound up like me. half arsedly. Like Sorry about that. I didn't even notice. I just, <laughs> I thought it was a proper word, proper sentence. I, uh, I was quite critical of Pig on uh, last podcast regarding, I think he checked out uh, and, and Danny Baker challenged me on it and I watched the Atkinson and it switch game and he was running around he was chasing balls he was everywhere as well uh, he's still frustrating because he puts his hands in the air and stuff but that's pig uh, but yeah he was running things down which I've not seen this season either even though he scored 17 goals uh, but we just look a different team now we're, we're I think we're seventh in the form table now yeah uh, and, and if and the good thing is uh, we're talking about it later uh, at the end of the programme, but teams are going to be fearing us now and Swindon are going to fear us coming up. Uh, yeah, exactly. And these, a lot of the teams that are running now have to win games to get either in the playoffs or to stay up. And that works in our favours because we'll find gaps, we'll chase them down and put them under pressure. Uh, but yeah, again, since I didn't think much of it, Switch, to be fair. I thought, I said, I, I sent a message out to my mates saying, if you look at both teams, this was at nil-nil, you, you'd... We're pretty, we're very similar to him. I would say we. we I mean, even before we scored the goals, I'd say we we were the yeah we we were the better side. Um, the goal was coming certainly. Obviously, it's always nice when you you know go bang bang and what was it two goals in four minutes? Obviously, the red card then helped. You know, Ipswich then. But if you make changes like that, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a naughty one. I don't, you know, it's it's hard to I'm see. Surprised it took, I'm surprised it took the referee as long to take the red card out, if I'm honest. It was all the Archie-Bargie, though. Stopped yeah, it late. He was trying yeah. to sort that out in case it kicked off. But um, as I said, we, I thought we were very similar to Ipswich in the fact that they have Norwood up front, big target man there, someone else who scores goals next to him. And, and I just thought... And, and again, you made a comment when we had Robbo on and he said, like, and you said you don't really feel we are a League One team kind of thing. We're probably... I, I actually looked at the last two... And it's funny because Easter, I, I had all these players sold, get rid of them all. <laughs> And now, well, I'm offering them five-year deals. And that's the, f- the funny thing about football is I actually, I, I said it before, we have a League One football team. We do. We are good enough to be in League One, 
I mean, or, or based off the last two performances, yes, obviously we are because we've beaten Accrington, a good mid-table side, 5-1 at their place and we've spanked Ipswich 3-0 at home. You know, so, but let's not get too carried away. You know, we're still no, right yeah. bang in a relegation dogfight. Obviously, we're top of that little relegation mini-league at the minute. I understand what, I understand what you're saying. But this is what, Wimbledon fans do and this is what football fans do you win a cup but even if you look at the Plymouth and Fleetwood game okay Fleetwood I don't think we turned up I, th- I still didn't think Fleetwood were great Plymouth okay we didn't have a lot of shots on goal but we run that game there we could they had literally one shot and scored uh, other than Hull Peterborough and Sunderland this year I've not seen anyone who I thought fucking hell they're good they're, well they're brilliant I, well, I think I think a lot of teams Jamie said it last week when he said you know uh, he said what did he say about how can it be that we haven't seen any teams that we thought, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're head and shoulders better than us, but then yeah. yet we, we're still rubbish. Um, it's individual mistakes, isn't it? Yeah. You look at the Accrington goal, going back to our Accrington game, we go 1 0 down, everyone thinks, here we go again, this is going to be shit, uh, because it's a mistake, it was a poor defending that conceded that goal. But I've got to give out a big shout out to Will Nightingale. 100%. Last two performances have been absolutely spot on for it. Well, he's been spot on for the last couple of months. Yeah. And Paul Callenby coming in against Ipswich hasn't played since January. Uh, didn't think he, he would ever be in the headspace again this season to play football, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was absolutely solid, especially against someone like Norwood, who's a. Yeah, he had him in his pocket. Nasty bastard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like the last two games, who you can't not shout out anyone. And Robbo's, this is one of the things I said that Glynn was poor on, was man management and managing teams and the game, where Robbo's doing it perfectly. He took off ASL and Rudy and bought on Oxarnan. Uh, who else did he bring on? I can't remember. It was Oxarnan and someone else. Longman, maybe. Yep. But he's managing the players so well. Pig came off the other day quite early. He's just he's just managing it so well at the moment. Things are obviously looking a lot brighter now. Of you know, oh, we'll probably lose our next couple of games and then we're right back in it. <laughs> and we'll be moaning again. Uh, that's the optimist in me, obviously. Um, but yeah, two good results. Happy. You know, we're probably odds on favourites to stay up now, uh, which I'm which I'm happy about. Um, and yeah, it's. It feels so weird being positive. <laughs> football's, a, football's a funny thing. It's like we've been very negative. Well, not negative. We've we've called out things regards to the football side and it sounds negative or it's not very positive. Uh, but then we're calling out stuff with regards to the club, the Don's Trust and things like that. So where we're being positive on the football side, because that's turned around, we are now talking about the things with regards to the club uh, and what's important to fans as well. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, really. So you can't be positive on both fronts and... It's good that we're positive on the football front at the moment. So, so we're going to be joined by Luke McKenzie and Colin Dipple uh, in a little while. Uh, we did record this first section with them, uh, but unfortunately there was a few audio issues that we had, so we had to re-record again. But it gave us an opportunity to review the Ipswich game. So uh, we're going to have a chat about non-refundable season tickets, the benches and what the club could or should do uh, to the fans that have paid out a lot of money. Should be a good chat, shouldn't it, Fiji? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Luke and Colin both have strong opinions. Uh, so, yeah, we should get some good stuff out of them. Uh, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about what can be done for fans that are putting a lot of money into. 
but yeah, can the club really do stuff? We're a fans club, aren't we? So we'll have to talk about it and it should be interesting. Uh, joining us this week are Don's fans Luke McKenzie and Colin Diffel. How are we doing, chaps? Good, thanks. Come on at the right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Positive episode. Yeah. We're about to be on every week, weren't we, Luke? It's like we're glory hunters, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I, I was kind of half expecting to go, oh, another defeat, what we get to talk about. Oh, how I love Brazil in the World Cup. We'll be chatting about non-refundable season tickets, the benches, and whether the club could or should do more for the fans that did get one or both of these, um, as well as the move to Plough Lane and paying back the loan. Uh, I saw this week that Mansfield had offered all season ticket holders this season a free shirt from the club shop. I know most of us who bought a season ticket or a bench this year knew that there was a strong possibility that we wouldn't get to a game. But is this something you think Wimbledon should offer fans, Finchie? I don't know if we should be offering a free shirt. I don't know. I've got a couple of ideas of what we could offer, and it wouldn't cost the club a hell of a lot of money. Uh, Accrington uh, offer their fans a free program. So their program is free to download, which I was in the last program uh, for the Accrington game. Uh, so if you want to read it, it's on our page. It's quite good. But the whole program is there. You can download it, read it, everything. Uh, there are other clubs that are doing stuff as well. Uh, and, and I think there's something we should do because, as I said, this will come about because I put something on social media regarding people are going to plow lane, uh, bloggers, uh, journalists, uh, people say journalists. I, I don't think they're, they're hard hitting journalists or that sounds quite rude actually, but uh, they're not the broad sheets or the, the red sheet, you know what I mean? Where it's going to be worldwide journalism. Uh, again, to plow lane, it kind of annoys me a bit because it kind of takes a gloss off plow lane for me. It's like the test events, test events, 2000 fans are going to be able to get in and see it where I'd rather it, obviously I know we have to do test events, but it's just, plow lane means so much to so many people that we need people, everyone in there, all at the same time. And seeing loads of different strangers and people that don't support women and going to plow lane, going on tours, which has been happening, just kind of upset me a bit. So I put something out and Luke came back and he made a really good point that it has been pretty much radio silence since they, since our money's gone. I'm paying £900 a season for me my missus and the two kids. Other than the football recently has been good and the start of the season, people say it was good, but I think they're getting a bit overboard with that. It's been crap, isn't it, football, really? And I follow shit. You have to pay for away games. And yeah, I just think we maybe could be doing a little bit more. I would say, I would say one thing about the people getting in before you. you. You sort of say that you there's people going around, going to doing a tour of the stadium or bloggers, so to speak. Um, but then you turned down the opportunity to do so at the test event. Just can, can you understand my, my thinking on, on, on that point? You, do, do you know? Oh, yeah, I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from. But. I get you saying, but I don't. I don't feel like we're home until every single fan that's helped out or uh, and will pay to go into that stand all at once. Can you imagine when it's? Can you imagine there was nothing else there? Say, I know COVID's a bastard, and this is what's caused this, right? But can you imagine Plowline built and our first? Pre-season game there against uh, Barcelona. So going off mad, yeah. But something big with how much does it hold? Nine thousand is it capacity? Full capacity? Nine thousand. Nine thousand Wimbledon fans in that stadium for the first time. 
That's what I'm talking about, Jay. I'm not talking about 10 people going here, 15, 9,000 women and fans. That's why the test events don't. And I just think I'd, I'd rather no one even went to the test events. Just give them to Broncos or something. Yeah, I'm, but, so, so then why, why, why be upset at journalists? Because so many people are going there now. So many people have done it. It's not just that one person. It's just that was what tipped me over the edge a little bit. So, so don't worry, I got rinsed the bips for that. Yeah, no, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to sort of see. So, so what is your suggestion in terms of as someone that's paying nine hundred pound a year? In terms of get, getting to go to the stadium, obviously we can't. And and even when football's back and fans are allowed back in, chances are it's not going to be a full house anyway. It's going to be reduced no, no. numbers due to COVID. So, are you, are you still not going to go? I'll go once we're allowed back in altogether. Once me and my mates can go, and I don't have to, I can go into my seat and I can have someone sitting next to me. Like now, test events, someone's got to go. They're not even sitting in their seat. They're going with maybe the person they're bubbled up with, but their friends could be miles away from them. And I know it's good because people want to see Plowdane. And anyone who got a ticket, fair play to them. They got their reasons why. I've got my reasons why I won't go until I'm home. And that's the thing, I'm paying £900 and I've not really had much back for my money. I don't know how you, uh, Luke and Colin, feel. Yeah, go on, I'll chip in. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And as Jamie said, COVID is, you know, a, a massive, massive factor in this. I'm with you a bit, Lee, in terms of I don't think it will be home until the first sellout game when when we're all in there hanging from the rafters. Everybody's going to the bar, you're, you're congregating on the concourses, you know, at half time, seeing your mates kind of wandering around, finding the best places to go. You know, and just having a real nose around the place. And the test event isn't going to be that. The test event is very much go to your seat, sit down, don't sit with your mates, leave. You know, it is, it is what it is. It's a test event. Um, so, yes, I can't wait for us all to be there. And I think that will feel like the real first game. Um, I was lucky enough. I hold my hands up. I went to the Doncaster game for the first game there. I was lucky enough to get picked out of a draw. Um, went there. haven't been back since. So I can't wait to see the place. But actually, I'm a bit like you. I, I think I'm going to wait till, till we're all allowed back in, hopefully at the start of next season. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not, I mean, to be honest, I've been to the, well, I look into the ground quite a lot because we're working next door. I'm always staring into the ground. I'll get quite, I'm quite a lot of get photos and stuff, but I'm not, once I've been on the tour or anything, I've managed to look into it. But I'm a bit like, I want to go back when everybody's back. You know, my mates are back, the people I've got to see football with. I'm a bit like that, and you know when if that when and if that happens, is I'll have to wait, I suppose, really. But what the club can do, I don't really know. I mean, it's it's a difficult scenario again, is what I'm saying. Because if we if we want money back, or we want to take, you know, we want gifts out of it or something like that, are we taking the money out of what we're putting in already? And it's like, you know, it's a catch twenty two situation, really. If you say you want to refund back, or you want stuff for nothing, or you know. It's difficult because at the end of the day, we're all taking money back that we've put in, aren't we? So it's us giving ourselves stuff back in a way, I suppose. So I don't know if it's the club or maybe it should be us as the owners, you know, primarily saying, what do we, what do we want back or what do we want for it? You know, really, I suppose, you know, one, if we're all back tomorrow, next week, we probably wouldn't really stop. We'd probably, it would probably be a distant past that what we're thinking about now. If we could all get back quicker, it would be better. But can we? That's the question, isn't it? No, I get what you mean. Just going back one second, Jay, you know, with regards to that, the, the guy that went there from the ground place, the ground hopping magazine thing, 
I think what tipped me over the edge was that it was just that had that could wait. That could have waited. That magazine he didn't we didn't have to give them permission to go in now. That could have waited till after the test event. So look, we're having a test event where some of our fans will be coming back into the ground. You can then you're more than welcome to come in once that test event has been done or once the season started next year. All our fans being there, you then can come in whenever you want and then you can publish it. It's a quarterly magazine. All right. I love ground hopping, I'd probably buy it. But that's what I mean. It could have waited. Colin, on your point, I think there's a lot we can do that ain't going to cost us a load of money. I had an idea and I don't know who to put it to or if it's even worth, worth workable. My idea was every non-refundable season ticket holder and every debenture, uh, and if you, get, you can buy a special plough lane print. So we've got good photographers who take good photos of the ground. So why not do a special, do it at cost price. So say it costs £2.95 to make, £2.95 to post, that's all you pay for it. And that's, that's it. And then you've got this one-off special plough lane print that you have and as, as a season ticket or non-refundable season ticket out of how many? Two and a half thousand or three thousand? I don't know the exact numbers, but that's it. You think how many fans? There's going to be 9,000 can go in that ground. You're one of two and a half thousand who has that one piece. And you could just number them one out of two and a half, one, two out of two and a half, three out of. And, it ain't, and you just say to people, if you want to buy it, you can buy it at cost. It's going to cost you six quid, whatever it costs to make whatever it costs to post and package, then we're going to sell them in our club shop after for 25 quid, but they won't be limited edition ones. That's, that's yeah. just something I thought of out of the top of my head. But I don't, again, I don't know if it's workable, but it just gives someone something back. People have said about season ticket cards. Can we print? But then that costs money to do that. And, you know, because we are not getting a Plough Lane season ticket for the first year at Plough Lane. And that, right. that does annoy a few people. Sorry, look, you wanted to say something? Oh, it's just, I think that's a great idea, and I think I've sent a text to Zav um, the other day where I suggested actually let's do something the money can't buy. I think that's the real trick. You know, we, we were always hoping to do tours, and I'm sure still sure we're going to do that when you know things start opening up a bit more and we can do that. That's always been in the roadmap and the plan, it's just obviously been pushed further down the line. So we'll start doing that. I, th I think you can do stuff that doesn't cost. You know, you can have the day when the players are having their photos taken, get loads of season ticket holders and debenture fans to come along and, you know, debenture holders, season ticket holders, get them to join in the same photo. You know, take a photo, here we go, guys, here's a digital copy. You know, it doesn't actually cost us a lot of money to do that. You know, the, the idea of the, the, the club came to the trust board um, with a proposal about season tickets. And it was really expensive to just print them to then not use them, if that made sense. Um, and it would have been nice as a commemorative thing, but I think we have to think a bit outside the box. So I'm, I'm hoping our stock's a bit better than some other clubs and we haven't got thousands of third shirts sitting around. To <laughs> um, but, you know, if we did, we could look at that as an option. But, you know, we, we've got to be realistic about the finances and where we're at, and I think we're going to come on to that a bit later. But you've got to think outside the box a bit with stuff money can't buy rather than stuff money can buy. It's a very difficult situation again with the COVID. I mean, it's uh, even if, if you say, but you know, if you agree with what the government has done, you don't, you don't agree. We're in the same boat. We've got no benchmark for what we've done before with this. So it's, you know, we've got to, as Luke's saying, find different, you know, different for everybody. No, there won't be anything right or wrong with this because it, we've never been in that situation, have we, before with COVID and what's happened. So whatever we do, it'll be the first. So, you know, maybe it's 
try a couple of things, see what people think. I'm sure it's not going to be something that every not everybody's going to like everything. They never will. You can't please everybody all the time, can you? So it'll have to be a couple of ideas. Let's see what, how that goes. Let's see how that goes. And if people are happy, they're happy. I'm sure everybody, the happiest people could be was to, would to be go back to the ground and watch football, but it's not going to happen, is it? So that's the way it is at the moment. There's a bit here about perception and reality as well, isn't there? So I think, Lee, we were talking earlier about the perception of we haven't been thanked much. So I kind of had a bit of a deep dive looking at some old videos over the course of the season. And there's plenty of media around where Joe's gone on and said, guys, thank you. We wouldn't have you know, made the season without this. This was a crucial contribution, etc." cetera. Um, I just think there's a bit of, you know, what do we give back? And there is something in the plans and there's something coming out soon to, to all season ticket holders and debentures, debenture holders. So that'll be a little something, but it is a little something and it's a token. But actually, small tokens mean a lot. Is it a kinder egg? <laughs> you get a little Joe Piggott in the middle of it. <laughs> but I get, I get what you're saying. Up front. I get what you're saying, Luke, regarding there's been stuff regarding videos and stuff. But say you're not on social media and stuff like that, and you've put your money into becoming, you're not seeing these videos. And that's maybe where some, some people are going to be missing out as well uh, regarding that. And it's just little things that need to be done. I think it's, it's not something huge like as you said i don't i'm not expecting a woman and kid i'm not expecting mark robinson to come and knock on my door and say shake my hand and say thanks very much for we well, can't shake my hand but give me a fist pump for and say thanks very much for buying a season I've ticket i've got to go mark robinson's at my door he wants to give me a fist pump <laughs> but it's saying it's saying that's got to be just saying we need saying i think as as i said it, has, it hasn't been great football wise on the pitch all season i know some people that before mark robinson got in, in that bad period we just got so bored of watching it on tv and stuff that they just stopped watching it uh, and i think we just need to engage more with the fans i mean the, the name non, non-refundable season ticket kind of gives it away the, the anyone that bought i mean i bought a non-refundable season ticket i didn't get a debenture but i bought a non-refundable season ticket and i bought that knowing full well that there was a very strong possibility that i would not go to a wimbledon game this season i'm sure the vast majority of fans that did that thought so as well. Um, is it just another way of fans contributing to the Dons? You, you know, like the Bond or... Yeah, I've, my only worry with that is, I, I again, I, I agree with what you're saying, Jamie, that we, we knew it was a non-refundable ticket and we might not get into the ground. But I kind of felt that we had kind of a gun to our head saying that, if you didn't buy a non-refundable season ticket and we didn't went back to plow lane, you weren't going to get a ticket. And then you're, you're, then you're putting money into the club because otherwise we're not going to have a great budget and you're going to be watching shit football, which is what we've watched most of the season anyway. It's like stuff with regards to the debentures. The debentures, the people that bought debentures got to have cardboard cutouts of themselves at the ground. But non-refundable season ticket holders didn't. Again, I don't know the reasons why it might have been cost effective that it only went out to debentures, but why not put that out to everyone? To two and a half thousand. I know, again, it, we were building the ground at the time as well, so seats were going in, but by Doncaster, literally every seat was in the house. They could have filled up the stadium with cardboard cutouts. So it was, again, it was something that debentures got offered, but non refundable season ticket holders didn't get offered because I'd have loved one. I'd have loved my son, me and my son at the ground, but I, I couldn't I, get one. I know a couple of the uh, cardboard cutouts were even pissed off at the football and they turned their backs on it at one time. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
I mean, you, you know, the you said you you felt like you had a gun to your head. I I agree with that. I think, you know, you wanted you wanted to pick your seat. You wanted to be near your mates, especially if you you know if you wanted to be in the south. Is it the south stand? There was a, there was loads of people wanting to get in the south stand and. You know, if they didn't get a debenture, a non-refundable season ticket, there were pretty much no chance that they were going to get into the South Stand. So it's similar to the bond as well in terms of, you know, if if we don't raise this money through the bond, then we're not going to get the stadium built or we're going to have a shell of a stadium. We're not going to have, you know, the plough lane that we'd all dreamed of. You, you know, is it is it another one of them? I know COVID is the game changer here and, you know, all being well, there was no COVID, we'd all be at Plough Lane, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's, to me, the, even just a small token, you're right, Luke, would would help it sit a little bit better with me. Look, there's loads of things, isn't there? When we, we were talking, we were doing the stadium over the summer. Um, we talked about, you know, would fans be back in August? What would that look like? That slipped to October, then sadly, you know, the even when I had a mate who's a Brentford season ticket holder and he got to go to their new stadium and he only got in for one game because of the way they were working and how the, the social distancing worked. But, you know, I think that meant the world to him as a season ticket holder. And it was a real shame we couldn't even do that and that the stadium wasn't quite ready. Um, so we missed that window a little bit. And a lot of that was the, the COVID building, you know, and, and how things slowed down because of COVID. Um, the hope then was, well, January might come around and, you know, season ticket holders might be allowed back in then. Um, there's a bit to just clarify, because I've read a few places about, on, on a few different channels about non-refundable season tickets and why they were massively important. And, I, I, you know, I speak here as, as myself, as Luke, but I think on behalf of the Don's Trust, I can speak and say, actually, massive, massive thank you to those people who went in with their eyes open and bought it, you know, in the knowledge, as you said, Jamie, that we might not be watching football all season anyway. And the reason they were non-refundable was because it helped us budget. So what we don't have and what we can't do uh, is we couldn't risk, you know, spending a million quid on players on a player budget without that being guaranteed income. And that, that if it wasn't a non-refundable season ticket, wasn't guaranteed income, you know, because all fans were totally in their right to say, well, I haven't watched see football all season. Do you know what? Actually, we're going down. This has been rubbish. I want my money back. And if we hadn't have done non-refundable season tickets, we, we could have been in a bigger world of trouble than we are in at the moment anyway. You know, because there's not a lot of football clubs go look happy at the end of this year with their financial picture. You know, I'll tell you that. And we, we're not going to be any exception to that. You can't run a full season without any income and not suffer from it. It is a bit of a, going back to the point I'm making, well, sorry, not the point I'm making, but our setup's so different from anybody, everybody else, as we know. So if we ask, you know, if we want, we're the owners, so we can't really give back what we've already put in, in a way. I mean, that makes it, that's why it's a difficult situation, really, because if I if I said, well, okay, I want to take, or I want something back or something out of it, I think, well, I'm taking money out of the club, aren't I, that I own, in a way. So I don't know, how you know how that would work? It's just our setups different. Other clubs would say, "Yeah, we want the clubs to give us our money back," but that, they they don't own the club, do they? Well, we do, so it's difficult, isn't it? So there there are you know everybody's circumstances different. So, you know, there's a heck of a lot of people who have really struggled during this time, and I, I you know I can't blame them whatsoever if they didn't buy a, 
a season ticket holder, didn't buy a season ticket, didn't buy a debenture, you know, and asked for their money back or had to stop their, their direct debit payments or anything like that. You know, and there were fans that did that and that, that's totally fine um, because, you know, bless them, they're, they're struggling a lot more and football, as much as we love football and we talk about it and it's probably what we spend most of our life thinking about, if you're anything like me, actually, in reality, your family's more important, having a roof over your head's more important, you know, so... Yeah, I like that shaking <laughs> head there, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no I, th I think you're you're spot on with that, Lou. And I, the, only, the only thing I've got to say is another point you've made regarding uh, fans. When fans were going back in, we we were, me and a few of my mates were wondering why why we weren't allowed to go back in or get ready to go back in, and that's because the ground weren't ready. But we got told the ground was going to be ready at this point. So you, when we were buying our non-refundable season tickets, and then it got put back and put back, and it's like, well, we're not going to get back in now, and then we're all hanging on the hope that we'll be able to get back in soon, but that ain't going to look like, likely. And that's the, that's the thing. If the club has just said, look, the ground's not going to be ready. So if we are allowed back in at this time, that ain't going to be plausible. Cause that is what the case was because fans were allowed back in, but we weren't because it weren't ready. Yeah. And I, I think the reality is at the time the, the ground was always scheduled to be ready. Um, you know, it is, it, I don't think there was any intentional deceit on behalf of the football club. The, the, the plans were that the stadium handover was happening a lot sooner, that actually at the time of the stadium handover, things would be a lot further on. Um, and a lot of the, the project just slowed down massively um, for obvious reasons. You know, second lockdown came. Um, yeah. Don't have to lock down. Is anything to do with that though, Luke? Because no, not many construction sites shut, did they? Really, to be honest. So... I mean, I wasn't on the stadium committee by then, so I don't know why it got put back. But, you know, we were still working there. There were still people working there. So I don't know if it's COVID to blame. There must have been money for other reasons, I suspect. Well, but... I'm sure there's lots of reasons, but I know there was problems with some of the supplies. Things were put back, you know, silly things. And it, it sounds silly now, but we had to wait for safe standing. You know, we really, really, really wanted to go ahead with safe standing and put that behind the south stands because we knew it would be such a popular thing. And we'd been told for years that it wasn't going to happen. And we just had to hang on and hang on to so late in the day. Um, that Even when we, we did it, so that wasn't even going to be ready. And we knew that. But it was important to have that there for the, the long term. So can I ask all three of you, like, with regards to the discussion we're having now, would you, is there anything that you'd like the club to do? Or are you happy just how it is? You're not bothered about receiving, you're, you're happy with everything that, that's kind of going on at the moment? I don't think happy is the right word, if I'm honest. I think, like, like I said, I, I went into this with my, with my eyes open, knowing that I was essentially gifting 300 odd quid, 400 odd quid to the club with a slight chance I might get to one or two games this year. Um, and Colin's right, you know, if you turn around and be like, well, I'd love some money off my season ticket next year, but then. I'm taking money out of the, you know, I'm taking m m money off of the club, my club. Um, you know, I think your idea is a good idea about the, the print. I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's something that it, it means something to, it will mean something to a lot of people. Um, the only other thing I thought was like a little card that gave you like say 10% off at the bar or something, you know, because then 
if you know yes. you, if you're getting I'll 10% off at the bar. yeah exactly <laughs> and it, it might get more people drinking at the ground you know rather than drinking up in, in spoons in Wimbledon before the game they might come to the come to the ground and start drinking um, but yeah Luke you say there's, there's something a token on, on its way I think you know anything is better than what I was expecting um, but I don't think happy is the right word Finchie yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's something's better than nothing. And I think we, we probably should have done the something sooner. Um, but we are where we are. Charlie Talbot, bless him, has been pushing quite hard on this, you know, as a Don's Trust board member. Um, so he's, he's been kind of saying to the club, look, we really need to do something. We really need to do something. Interesting, would we all be a lot happier if we were top of the league? And, and going up, possibly, and maybe we just shrug our shoulders and go, well, actually, we're in a great place. But when we're not, and when you're not, you, you do kind of look for other things. And I think, actually, we should do the right thing, and we should always be thinking about doing the right thing. So, yeah, I'm kind of expecting a knock on the door from Mark Robinson anytime soon, actually. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you just said there, uh, Luke, regards to if we were top, I, yeah, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I think because COVID, because the football has been bad since till recently I think that's why people are letting little bits up I said I said that 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 thing that it's just a little thing that just really annoyed me and and I weren't the only fan who was annoyed so that's why I raised it a lot of fans didn't care don't care that people have been going to the ground but other fans do and that's why I like to have these conversations I think they should always be conversations and discussions I, I want to say now I don't agree with the stuff that gets written on social media if someone has a different view from yourself uh, because I think we're all we're all humans and we're all adults and, and well there should be some teenagers on it but we can have a conversation over something like I might not agree with you and you might not agree with me but we should have that conversation where some of the stuff on social media after anyone posts uh, it, it is literally getting ridiculous now on some stuff but that's totally off tangent so we'll move on Jamie <laughs> do you want me to dig you out of that hole you've just dug yourself well no I just as I said <laughs> I, I'll put stuff on Facebook and so will other people and then literally you just get ripped to pieces personally without the points that you're raising yeah I mean I mean that's just social media isn't it that's what I mean but when it comes um, to Wimbledon and football it don't need to happen you can have a disagreement you can be upset because someone went to the ground before you or you don't care if you don't care just scroll on just don't look at it and that's what if you do care then people did care some people I, I just asked for thoughts and said what do you think about this? Some people went, not bothered, not bothered. That's fine. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you mentioned um, finances and our financial state uh, come the end of the season. Um, like most clubs, I'm sure, will probably be in the red by some, some fair bit. Um, obviously, we've got the bonds to pay back. We've got the loans to pay back. Um, from building Plough Lane, how do you think? You know, how do you, obviously we've got money from Broncos coming in now with the vote that got passed last week. Uh, you know, how, how can you envisage our our financial state going forwards? Hopefully, um, for, from the Broncos, obviously we're, we're still waiting for planning permission, etc. Um, yeah, there's a few things, isn't there? Last week on on your podcast, there was um, on your podcast, this podcast. Um, there was a question around what happens to the DTB money, you know, so all the subscription money. So where does that go? And the, the reality is a lot of it funds the ladies football and helps towards funding that. Um, and the rest of it effectively buys back shares 
in the football club to, to make the Dons Trust stronger. So it kind of all gets recycled in, into the football club in that respect. Um, in terms of finances and where we are going forward, I, I think look, I, I really what I really want to do is separate the debate because I think often the financial debate and the lack of finances we have and how we're constantly being asked to put our hands in our pockets gets put into the same bucket as fan ownership. And it's almost like if you're fan owned, you're always going to be poor. And I'm not sure that's true. Because actually, if we're fan owned, we've got to do things differently. and We've got to utilise that USP of being fan owned a lot better than we do. Um, we can still take outside investment. We're still looking for outside investment. Trust members have let us go down to 75% voting power. So we've still got a couple of mil that we can get some equity in. Um, and we're still looking to do that. But the reality is, yes, we are the owners. As Colin said earlier, we're the owners of this football club. And it's the duty and the, the onus is on us to fund that football club. One of the things I want to say, uh, we talked about outside investment. Obviously, uh, Nick Robertson has come on board. Uh, he's not even been introduced to the fan base yet or anything. It's just he, he came on board and that's it. And I, I don't know anything about the guy other than looking at Wikipedia. Is that something that's going to be happening? or Because, as I said, he's not been introduced to the fans at all since he, he put or bought shares, so to speak, or put money into the club. And I don't even know what he looks like unless I go on Google Images. So by the time this comes out, you'll probably be reading a little bit about him, funnily enough. <laughs> Look at that. There's a, um, there's a scoop that's not really a scoop because it will be... It'll be, It'd be done before we... <laughs> yeah, before we... Got an email or a letter. So no, that's, that's just saying, I've always thought like, it's just weird, he put a load of money in. And then we didn't even know that most people, again, unless you Google searched him, we wouldn't even know who he was. Yeah, Is this the ASOS fellow? Yes. Yes. But I, I think that's very much Nick. And, you know, I'm not good mates with him. I've met him once and he, he bought me a mince pie. You know, um, he's, he's a nice yeah, guy. Best buds then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, was, what was great about him was that um, we offered him the chance to go in the draw for the first game, the Doncaster game. And we said, Nick, do you want to turn up? You know, you've put in a lot of money. You own 10% of the football club. You know, you, you're, you're entitled to come along here. And he said, no, because actually I think there's people more worthy of going that have done a lot more stuff. And I think that's kind of testament to the type of guy he is. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he wants to be front and centrely, if I'm honest. Um, no, no, I get that's fine, but it would have just been nice to have a little introduction of who he was, where he'd come from. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's his plan kind of thing? Not if he has a plan because he's only bought shares, but do you know what I mean? He's not lonely now. But yeah, that was my only thing was he, he'd never been introduced to the fan base since he put money into the club. But yeah. Sorry, Jay, you had a point? Yeah, it was more to do with the fact of uh, you said about um, fans, Luke, fans putting their hands in their pockets all the time. I know I've, I've kind of said loads about it already. Uh, I feel like I'm sort of repeating myself, but in terms of the bond uh, and paying that back, you, you know, my, one of my fears is obviously it worked so well the first time round. is that when and if those bonds then need to be paid back, are, are we then going to ask fans to buy another bond? You know, is there going to be another round of bonds? Is there going to be another round of, you know, not bail us out, but you, you understand where I'm coming from. 
Yeah, totally. And I think that the whole debate and around finances and everything is is part of the reason, not the big reason. The big reason of us going back to Wimbledon was to go back to Wimbledon. You know, the clues in the name. Um, but a big part of having a stadium like we've got is that we want to monetize it and make you know make it work as, as effectively as possible. Um, yeah. And what we haven't had yet is the opportunity to do that. So, See, my worry, my worry at the moment, obviously, with COVID and stuff like that, Luke, is that the grounds are obviously not fully open. So are we losing out on money at the moment because we have the COVID vaccination centre there because we can't hold weddings, uh, the, the, you know what I mean, and stuff like that? We can't have that information. Like, we can't do, do things at the moment with the club because of COVID. Like, I know COVID is such a bad thing, but could we... Is there nothing we can do with the stadium at the moment? I think it's it's probably difficult. So yes, the vaccination centre, you know, we do get paid for it. Do is, would it cover the cost of having a wedding every Saturday for the next month? Probably not. But is that right? You know, if you kind of look at fundamentally, what are we? If we're a community-based asset, and and you know, we're there for the people of Wimbledon, Merton, South London. And, and part of it is beyond being a football club. You know, if we wanted to be a football club, we'd all vote to sell out. We'd get some rich owner who'd come in, stick in tens of millions of quid, and every every 10 years or so, we'd probably be outside saying, sack the board. You know, but we're not that. We, we are different, and I think it's it's a real credit to us. I don't think there's many clubs that would have something like D-Lag. You know, there, there's I know there's a few clubs that are using their, their venue as a COVID vaccination hub. Um, and I'm just really proud we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think we've also got to look at where we've come from and where we are now. Do you know what I mean? We we were Combine County's division champions, you know what I mean? And we sang we'd, we'd, we'd win it again, we win it again, which hopefully we won't, unless we put our, our under-23 teams in that league. But we, we have to be realistic where we've come from and how quickly we've moved up the leagues and how quickly... You know I mean, I just worry that Plough Lane was the be-all and end-all. And we've now built a stadium which looks beautiful and everyone wants, but we can't unfortunately afford. And how are we going to afford it is my big worry. With we, if, if our playing budget then has to subside, that's going to hurt us on the pitch and getting relegated is not going to be good. If we move, say, League 1 to League 2 is not a big deal, but if we ever get relegated out of League 2 to the, the non-league... That would hurt us big time. I mean, I, I listened to the Nine Years podcast episode that they put out last week, where they were talking about um, the stadium and the finances, and and something that really resonated me with me was the fact that they were talking about Chesterfield and Chesterfield fans, and when they got their new stadium, and you know, the sky's the limit now, and and you know, that's kind of the vibe that you get from we're back at Plough Lane, you know, and in reality you know, it, the ground could very well be our, our downfall in, in terms of if we can't afford it. And like Finchie says, our playing budget then, you know, gets the brunt of that, then, you know, it, it's, it's not the fairy tale that I think it's cracked up to be. Or I fear it's not the fairy tale it's cracked up to be, I should say. That is the danger a little bit. I mean, we are saying we're suddenly going to get seven and a half thousand fans every week. Was what we that's what we would want to have. Can we get them? Hopefully, 
if we don't, it's difficult, isn't it? League two will make it even more difficult. But, you know, that's the way it's got to be. It's one of the situations, again, that for the guys doing the the um, the forecast with the banks or with, you know, stuff, they can't really forecast anything. We've not been in it yet. You can't go to the bank. So hopefully we'll have this many fans. Hopefully we'll have that many fans. Luke will know that. He's in, he's in the banking world. So, you know, if it's difficult, especially if we've got refinance back on stuff we've already financed, it makes it very hard. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the sort of side where it's, we're going to need friendly finance in a way from guys that might have a bit of money that they can put in that are fans or maybe not fans or people they know. If we say, for instance, as an X figure or makeup, we need two and a half million pounds to refinance. If we can get another million pound put in and still have control of the, of the club, it's even better. It's going to be a lot easier to refinance half of it, isn't it? It's the full amount, isn't it? So, you know, in my in my world, I want to, I want people to sort of embrace people that might have a few quid they can put in, rather than it seems a bit sometimes alienating them on social media. But, you know, you know, and I see that back with Nick when he put money in now, ASOS are all full, blah, blah, blah. He's not really involved with ASOS anymore. He's sold out, hasn't he? So that shouldn't really come into it. Let's embrace people who can put more in, who can, you know, some people in better positions. So be it, let's, let's get them involved. Let's get some more money in. The better we can do, the easier it is for us to refinance everything. And that's just the business world, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, as soon as you talk or bring up the idea of outside investment, you know, they kind of gawk at it and go, no, we need to stay fan and whatever. And again, I'm going to bring up nine years again, sorry, Finchie, uh, that um, they mentioned the, uh, you know, Kedwell and Maine were both bankrolled by... Um, I can't remember what his name Mike was. Mike Richardson. Mike Richardson, exactly. You know, People both from yeah. And no one really, no one really had anything to say about that. You, you know, it's kind of, you know. Yeah, but I think, I think that's because we were winning games uh, and Maine and uh, Kedwell were bought and won us divisions. And so it didn't matter where that money's coming from. Uh my, I understand Mike Richardson bankrolls the ladies team now. That might be totally wrong. I'm sure that he puts money in for the ladies uh, football team. Again, he didn't. He kind of stepped away from the first team again because I don't know if this is true, but he, he was upset from comments made. I don't know. Again, I don't know the ins and outs of all that. Regard, regards your comment, uh, Colin, regards to people being upset about online stuff. Again, it's just they have to just ignore it kind of thing and if they're going to invest in women they can't just have Joe Bloggs going our oh, ASOS is rubbish uh, to not it's a, we had Freddie Flaxman on here uh, we're, we're going to be speaking to Andrew Hardin as well uh, for this month's special and, and they're people that really do put money well I know Andrew puts money in with your goal travel and Freddie really wants to get involved but again we need to embrace these people uh, but again COVID ain't helping that situation because Freddie can't travel over from from the States at the moment. He'd love to come over and meet Joe. Uh, my, my thing with Joe is I think he's too silent. I think he needs to be coming out more with stuff. And, and again, I don't even know really much about Joe Palmer. There is a bit of a culture though within our club about this elitism thing. Oh, because you've got money, you're elitist. I mean, people might have certain money. Some people have made money. Some people have inherited. If you've made money, well done. If you've inherited, good luck to you. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we can, what we need to do is we need to be one club and get everybody, if more people can put more money in, obviously some people can't put money in. That's that's the way it is. If, if we've got people that can put money in, let's embrace that and 
get them involved a bit. So what, you know, not everybody wants everything out of the club just for putting money in. Some people just want to help the club, don't they? It's an interesting debate, isn't it? Because I can see both sides of the, the coin here. I can see the people who think, oh, that those that are putting in money are getting all the perks and getting the, the bits. And I can see the people putting in money going, well, I'm getting loads of abuse. As a, as a DTB member, I think we're quite used to um, getting a fair bit of flack for effectively putting in my money, which is, in effect, my time. Um, you know, and I, I think I'm big enough to hold my hands up to it and say, you know what, a lot of things we could do better. Um, we, we are where we are, and that's what you'll hear us say that a lot. We are where we are. Um, but I think the big bit about if you kind of strip everything back and say, I, I always start with one fundamental point, is do you want this football club to be the best football club we can be? And if the answer is yes, then there's lots of different ways of getting there, right? And we might have different, different views on how we get there. But that has to be your starting point if you follow a football team. You want it to be the best you can be. The second question is, did we reach a glass ceiling at Kings Meadow? And if the answer is yes, and actually, could we have monetized, monetized it, made it any better? Probably not. We were getting as full as we could get. You know, the view was awful with, with the amount of fans we had in there. So we had nowhere to go and we had to move. So that's why we moved. So do we have a glass ceiling now? No, we've got a, you know, actually we've got to make it work now. And how we make it work is gonna be the trick. And how we can entice people to invest and believe in our model and say, do you know what? We are fans owned. I want everybody to turn up to Plough Lane and just understand that this was done by the fans. It was owned by the fans. It's been built by the fans. It's been built for the fans. We are a fans club. That should be our first bit. When you enter AFC Wimbledon, you should go, well, this is different. This isn't just any other football club. So I'm going to uh, just mention nine years as well now, which is a surprise. But uh, again, Stu and Nick made a very good point regarding this. It's okay for us. We're old school Wimbledon fans and some of the AFC Wimbledon fans. But what do we do when there's kids and teenagers who are coming down to Wimbledon who really don't give a shit about fan model? They just want to come and watch football. They want to see the best players in the park that they can possibly see. Uh, and they want someone to bring, put money in. Do you know what I mean? You, you see it all over the place now. Investment, investment, investment. I'm on two sides. Where, where, one, where do we get someone to invest millions of pounds out of the blue? Or just say, yeah, come and, come and invest in Wimbledon. You're not going to get anything else out of it. You're not going to get much back from it. You're going to probably lose a lot of money because no one makes money in football. But on the other side, as I said, all these kids are going to be like, I'm not bothered about fan ownership. Yeah, there's also, there's also the big... You're totally right, I agree with you, Lee. You know, kids coming... I've got nephews that were Chelsea fans. I've taken them to Wimbledon for the last what, five or six years. They're now Wimbledon fans. It's very hard for a kid at sports to support Wimbledon when everybody else supports Man United, Fulham's, Chelsea's, all that. So we want to make it as good as we can for them. And at the end of the day, they want to see results, don't they? And as you, know, as you say, they don't really care about fan owner, they don't care about our past. It's the way of the world, it's new things. It's like, you know, who, who would ever say in Arsenal now, I'm, I'm gutted we moved from Woolwich, we're now, we're now in North London. It's 100 years ago, isn't it? So, you know, that's, that's the way of the world, isn't it? People just are young and want different things now, don't they? So is that not the question? And it comes back a bit to what happened last week on this podcast. 
there's the actual question you need to ask is how do we sell fan ownership to the masses yeah how do we make you lee rejoin the trust how do we make you see value in that 25 pounds you get people like Jamie Slevin, who we had on, involved a bit more, and people that will talk to, talk to you about it. Because listening to him and, and the stuff that he was saying to me and Danny, I think me and Danny, I think we already will be renewing our Don's Trust memberships because he came across really well. He was very engaging. He was very interested. If we if we didn't agree with him, he didn't shout us down. He didn't uh, disagree. Like he, he he made us feel like we were actually making good points that you want to do. It's like, again, Luke, I say to you, how do people get involved though? How do people, if they have ideas, as I said, I've got a couple of ideas regarding stuff I'd like to bring to the club regarding say junior dons. Uh, I saw a club yesterday. They had a junior, junior dons day. So everything was done by the junior, junior dons. So the badge was uh, drawn and that was then changed on social media to the kid like Alfie Roberts nine. That was his badge. All the players were drawn. So when, say, Joe Piggott scores, it comes up goal and the kids' drawings there. They had, uh, when we're back after COVID, you have the kit man is 13-year-old Thomas from Epsom, who's helping Robin. You have the commentary team with eight-year-old Stacey from Epsom. Do you know what I mean? And, and stuff like that. You get people engaged. You get the kids engaged straight away. Stuff like that, where it's hard. We have the, Don's, the Junior Don's Christmas but I don't, and, the, and the page in the programme. I think we need to get these teenagers and a little bit older, like a little bit younger, involved with the club as well. Take them around. They they do the uh, the the what's it called? The questions to Robbo after the game. So again, we have seven year old Archie and and thirteen year old Tracy. They ask Robbo the questions just for a day. It's not every game, obviously, but one game. It's the Don. It's the Junior Don's takeover. It's a great yeah. idea, Finchie. Yeah, do you know what? Love them. Love them ideas. <laughs> Funnily enough, the Junior Dons have just... So Jane would be the person to go to on behalf of the Junior Dons. Um, the Junior Dons have just sent out a survey to Junior Dons members at the moment. So we're asking what sort of thing they want to see um, in the, the kind of kids section at Plough Lane. So my son went nuts because there was talk of having a colouring table. And I'm just like, dude, you're coming to football. You know, you're, you're six. What do you want to do? I want to do colouring, Dad. Well... And knock yourself out, you know. And if we can do stuff like that, that's great. Um, so yeah, all those ideas are fantastic. And I do wonder sometimes whether we have a lot of fans with a lot of ideas, and a lot of it goes into the void. And I've, I've never, I've never kind of got to the bottom of why that happens. And I think it's incumbent on all of us to kind of, if we've got some really good ideas, and if you say, you know what, somebody would do this, and if we did this, I know at least five people that would come along to a game on a match day. You know, because actually they want to get involved and, and stuff like that. Let's let's promote it, let's sell it, and let's make the most of it. Actually, I've, done, I've emailed the club so with ideas before, and it, that you just don't get nothing back sometimes. And that's the thing. I think you you just don't. It's, I had another idea. You know, with the boxes at the ground, you've got that one box that is not going to be used on match days. You know, the they've one probably, right at the end. They probably blacklisted your email, Finchie. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably bad. Right? But you've got that box at the, uh, the on the main stand. There's a box that's not going to be used on match days because you ain't a very good view. Why not open it up to, say, uh, autism? That's where this podcast are going. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be our office. <laughs> but why not open it up to uh, all this autism or uh, ADHD where p parents can take their kids to games who, who struggle with the noise and stuff? Just have yeah. that, that box is going to be empty anyway. Make it... 
friendly for autism and ADHD and stuff like that. So people can go, they can't see the pitch great, but they can still take their kids and yeah. get involved in a match day and stuff like that. It, again, I, they're just ideas that come straight off my head. I, for, for, for personally, for me, that's, that's a brilliant idea with my granddaughter. So, you know, that would be something like that's perfect. But just quickly going back to, I know I've jumped in, but quickly going back to the Don's Trust, we need people... I think Luke's sort of hitting on that. We need people to join or rejoin the Don's Trust. If you've got a point you want to make, you can only get it through. Chris Stewart said it the other day, uh, you know, some of the stuff that you know, he comes out with is, you know, some good, some bad, whatever you think about people, whatever. But what he said is, if you want to, if you want a voice in this club, you've got to join the Don's Trust or rejoin, haven't you? Because you, otherwise you can just sit there, moan, 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 or agree, agree, agree. But you, you can't get your point across otherwise, can you? So we need a bit of a push for that, I think, somehow, but it's not easy. I mean, I'm really enjoying this chat, and I thought I could talk about this for a lot more, but we're running out of time. Um, obviously, we've got, we've got beer. another beer. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh, Swindon on Saturday, which is another big, big relegation six-pointer. Um, off the back of the result at Atkinson, Swindon should be shaking in their boots, really. 8-0. 8-0. We, we we record this before we play Ipswich, so we we might be able to do something with that. But hopefully, uh, we play the same team against Swindon as we did against Accrington. Swindon are in dire straits at the moment as well. They're they're not winning games. I think they got beat three 0 on Saturday by Peterborough, but they're they're struggling big time. And also, I think there's a thing over their head with some of their chief executives or directors. <laughs> they uh, they're under. They've been charged with working with intermediaries or something. Yeah, James Beat yes. is involved. So there could, be a, there could be a points deduction. Yeah, so which would help us out. But let's not worry about that because if we think, oh, yeah. But they'll be deduction. below us. Well, let's go into the game and then just hopefully we just get after them. And as Robbo said at the uh, interview after the game, we've got to be relentless. So it doesn't matter if it's Ipswich, Peterborough, Portsmouth. We've got to be relentless and just get after them. And I think, I think we're going to win the game. Another three yeah. points on the way. I think that result on Saturday is, I think other clubs, especially the clubs around us, have sort of sat up and paying attention now. You know, like where on earth is that 5 1? I know Wigan spanked whoever they were playing on Saturday as well, but. Doncaster. Doncaster. You know, yeah. teams in a relegation dogfight don't spank teams 5 1. You know, so. And Ollie Palmer, Ollie Palmer said it was over on nine years on a commentary. He said that, you know, if you look at the table since Robbo took over, you know, we're like mid-table, mid-table, upper mid-table, you know. So, we just, we're running out of games. We need to get those points in now. Um, back Off the back of the result at Accrington, I think, you know, it, it's, it's got to be another three points. Can we just stop with the positivity? <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me. Yeah, what's it about? Yeah. It's what you said earlier, Jamie. It's the hope that kills. And oh, I know. I, I put Is that this on the positivity on podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I put it on Saturday because you know what? <laughs> just let, let's go in expecting to lose three 0 and then you're not too disappointed when we do. Yeah, oh, Saturday, in case we do. I think you're spot on there because literally most people, some people didn't like Jamie didn't bother to pay ten pounds to watch the game on Saturday. <laughs> uh, Die-hard Wimbledon fans will always pay £10 because they know that it doesn't matter who we play, there's always a chance we'll win that game. That's when Wimbledon FC, I used to, when I first started going, Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea, it didn't matter. We were going to win that game because we could. 
we'd get spanked five nil or six nil, but every, the next week you'd think, right, we'd win. So, yeah, I think we're going to pick up. Three. We have we got what is it? Do we need two wins, three wins, two wins and a draw? I mean, what are we on now? We're on thirty nine points at the time of recording. I don't. Th- I don't think it will be fifty-one this year. I reckon forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight will be enough to keep to stay yeah, up. We're not getting near fifty-one. Unfortunately, no. we've got some tough games. Is that you keep your options open there, Jamie? Forty-six, no, I, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty. Could be <laughs> no, right. I tell you what. We will. We will finish on the the, the team that stays up in twentieth place or, or whatever it is. We'll have yeah forty-six, forty-seven, or forty-eight points. <laughs> it won't be. I think we need forty-seven. Somewhere, or somewhere or between forty-six. There. I said forty-six. Forty-six to forty-eight. Sorry, sorry. Forty-five. Given a range. Forty-seven. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what's your uh, predictions for the game? Then? Eighteen nil. Yes. <laughs> Is that that's the Broncos playing them then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't really care as as long as you know it's three points on the board for us. To be honest. You know, I don't oh, I'm going to go 2-0 because Swindon are struggling to score, aren't they? So I'm going to go 2-0. As long as you've got two up top, of course. So when we first started, Wizard Chat had a, I used to have a forum where you had to predict the score. And I just thought it was a bit silly. So I used to put 10-0 every single week. And that, that time we beat, was it Slough Town? We beat 9-0. <laughs> Gutted. Absolutely <laughs> devastated. But we didn't get the 10th. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my normal prediction and go 10-0. 4-0. Uh, four, four I'm going to go with a real prediction. We're going to lose Saturday now because we're, we're being so positive. 4-0. <laughs> Palmer, Pig, Longman and Woodyard. Oh, well, nowhere. He's going to score and, and he'll get booked for over-celebrating, which means he'll miss a, like another celebration or something that he, he needs to go to. <laughs> it's mum's birthday yeah. or something. Yeah, 4-0, 4-0 Dons. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. I went 2-0, sorry, I went 2-0 in case you're looking at me. Oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> to us, to us, obviously. No, you know what, uh, I'm sorry, you all need a sense check. Robbo's doing a great job, but we're going to lose 4-0 here. <laughs> yeah, right, it's Swindon. Let's just get realistic. Yeah. Swindon are all full. Back to earth. Relegations are certainty. Let's all be miserable and, yeah. and go back to enjoying being. Miserable. We can't. We kind of need it, don't we? Like to bring us back down. Swindon are all. Yeah, wait till next week's podcast when we've lost two games and uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be back to normal. Yeah, e- episode twenty-one. Robbo out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, uh, we'll get him. We'll get him on for that chat. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, all we've got time for. Luke Collin, it's been great to have you on, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. See you, boys. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.